And we're back on the rule of three. Uh, two comics, three topics, ten minutes each. The perfect podcast for your modern lifestyle. Uh, uh, I'm Tim Slagle, and uh, uh, my co-host, uh, uh, back home, uh, uh, Mr. Bent Washburn. Finally home, yep. On land. It's, yeah. Uh, later in the show, we're going to be talking about uh, a couple open mics. Uh, both our following segments are about open mics. One is one that I did last night, and the other one, well, <laughs> it's... Uh, it was done by a comic that we haven't heard from for a while, uh, and we will get to that in the second segment. But right now, uh, Bent sent me a f- fascinating article yeah. about the about the history of mailing children. Yeah, it's just children in the mail. We will uh, we will link that uh, uh, in the Facebook page. You can go to Rule of Numeral Three. I uh, don't spell out numeral; just do the numeral three. Uh, uh, Facebook at Rule of Three, Numeral Three, uh, a podcast. Um, you can go there and uh, you can see the link if you want to read the article. Uh, but apparently, apparently, uh, shortly after Parcel Post uh, was was originated in 1913, uh, people in rural uh, uh, towns who did not really have access to uh, other rural towns thought it was a great way of getting their children to visit the grandparents. Yeah. It was, an, it was just an affordable way to to send the kids to see Grandma Grandpa. It was, because uh, why not? As, is, as has long been the tradition with the post office, they will ship it for less than it actually costs to ship. They're into losing money. Um, <laughs> now, I think the thing is we have to remember that the post postal service was different at this time. Was this uh, the turn of the century, right? Early 1900s, correct? Yeah, it and, was around I think yeah. not, around 1913, which is weird to me that they did not that, that they did, did not ship packages before then. Huh? Well, I That'd thought be, they did. Well, it'd be hard to do packages on a Pony Express. They did letters, the, and the Pony yeah. Express was gone. Fairly, it went away pretty quickly. Oh yeah, yeah. The Pony Express. I mean, people talk about it. Uh, it's uh, part of the American legend, yeah. but it only ran for about two weeks. Was it only two weeks? I know it was. It was. I read a book about it when I was young. I loved the book, but it was there and gone. Yeah, it was very, very short. And the problem is, is they came up with this idea. They said, "Ooh, let's set up the Pony Express." And being a government program, it took so long to implement it <laughs> that in the meantime, somebody invented the telegraph. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the government. <laughs> You're always blaming the government. Um, it's. It's my nature. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm it's, aware. <laughs> it's my it's my nature and my downfall. <laughs> it's strength but, uh, and weakness. Re- regardless, uh, it, it basically what, what what the article did say though that it wasn't really it wasn't really something people liked to do. It wasn't it wasn't uh, uh, widely practiced. It was something that they believed that the post office kind of encouraged uh, is is a way of getting in the press about how safe and careful the post office was with your packages. We'll we'll uh, handle your kid. We will take yeah. your kid. Is yeah. it does it really say how safe the post office was with packages or is it is uh, I think it more illustrates a different attitude we had about children in that age. <laughs> so you make like twelve of them, half of them die. Maybe well, you know. I mean, really, that it, it was a very different world back then. Well, well, what's interesting? What's interesting is that uh, 
I was at the post. I was at the post office. Uh, this was probably a couple years ago. This was when I was still mailing out promo. I guess. Oh, uh, so this is like 15 years ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 somebody picked up a box of chicks. What? Of chi- uh, oh yeah, yeah. Chi- yeah they yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks that everyone thinks the Hepcat definition of chick, but no, but chicks. No, but yeah. little, but baby, chi- baby. I don't know if they were chickens. I don't know if they were ducklings. I don't know, but I mean, they. It was a box with holes in it, and it was peeping. Uh huh. And it was uh, it was like. Uh, Really? You can mail. You can mail that. You can mail live birds. Yeah, that's and, wild. Uh, that seems. It, it, it does not seem right. Well, but it seems like actually their home inside that mailbox is probably the most space and comfort they will ever have in their entire existence. <laughs> they're gonna go unless they're on the way to a free range farm. They're going to yeah, a much worse place. Right. I think they were they were they were on their way to some hipster's backyard. I think that's uh-huh. I, I think that's where they were going. But it just it just to me, you know, it, it, it's uh, the my front door is there's a window in my office that leads out to the front. And I can tell when UPS is here has been here because I hear a big thunk. On yeah. the front, on the front, and then a step. ring, it's ding like, dong, and yeah, yeah. And you go to the door. So, so I kind of see, I kind of see the, the the mail carrier loading up the truck for the day, puts down the chicks, and then uh, uh, on top of that goes the Yamaha receiver, <laughs> and then on top of that goes the flat screen, <laughs> and, and the, then you have suddenly, flat chicks under a flat yeah, and screen. The, the, the peeping stops. <laughs> but 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 here's a. Uh, Here's something I've, interesting because I, I remember reading something about uh, humans that actually, that actually mailed themselves, not kids, okay. but humans who – so I, so, so I looked it up and I found out there were several cases of people mailing each other. Uh, uh, the first, the first uh, Harry Brown, uh, 42 years old. An African-American slave from Virginia successfully escaped in a shipping box sent north to Pennsylvania in 1849. Good He was for known him. thereafter as Sweet. Henry Box Brown. Was he? That was his, that was his name was Box Brown. That's, That's what awesome. they called him. They called him Box Brown. What a... Uh, that's great. Has anyone, has anyone seen Henry? No, but we better get this package yeah, back yeah. on the stagecoach. Ooh, this is heavy. It's gonna... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. He got out of there. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, also, also, another political protest. Suffragettes Elspeth Douglas McKelland and Daisy Solomon mailed themselves successfully to the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom on the 23rd of February, 1909. But his office refused to accept the letters. Well, oh, the letters. <laughs> so, it was this was in Britain, so they mailed yeah. themselves. How far? Not this is not from the U.S. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, yeah, the U.K. is the size yeah, of okay. Michigan. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, so so it's like you know the furthest you know the furthest they would have mailed themselves is across the Mackinac Bridge. Oh man, did they know? They must have known they were in the package. And then they they stamped it, returned to sender, and then they would have to make the route back. The t- <laughs> exactly. Oh man, this is before adult diapers too. I think there's a risk there. But that, well, no, but they had their petticoats. Oh, of course they were suffragettes, so maybe they maybe they had already burned their petticoats. Yeah, it's a lot of suffering. Suffragettes. Yeah. <laughs> man, they suffered. Uh, an inmate, age forty-two, uh, uh, serving a seven-year drug conviction in Germany. 
escape from prison by climbing into a box in the mailroom. Huh. So, uh, yeah. And mailed himself to freedom again. This is a, <laughs> this is a way to do it. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the, the kids' stories, some of them were kind of cute, and they seem more like, what was it, 70-something miles is the longest one. It was in Idaho, if yeah, I remember. And she, uh, yeah. yeah, it was 15 cents to, ma- to mail or do it. It was cheaper than a train ticket. Man, and, uh, that's and she, great. And she, and she made the ride sitting on a couple of mailbags. I just... With, uh, with her cousin, who was actually the mail uh, in charge of the mail car on the See, train. See, so. totally safe. Whereas I had to fly my son unaccompanied, 13 years old, from D.C. to Boston. It was several hundred dollars. They charged me an extra dollar handling fee or whatever, a special services fee, not handling fee. Did, did, you, did you ever think, did you ever think, uh, did you ever say, uh, Ian, uh, get your biggest suitcase out and say, Ian, can you... Uh, <laughs> Can you get in here? Climb in here. <laughs> just, just, you just do start to. When you're thinking of... 400 bucks, you know, or, yeah. Well, no, I which, wouldn't uh, do Which that. was probably which was probably 15 cents in 1913. Yeah, I guess close. <laughs> not, well, no, not quite, but close. It was uh, the, the most, uh, the most recent, the most recent American case of a human mailing was Charles McKinley, age 25, shipped himself from New York City to Dallas, Texas, in a box in 2003. Wow. Uh, yeah. Attempting to visit his parents, wanted to save on airfare, uh, and he charged the shipping fees to his former employer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he lived, though. He lived. So he went yeah. ground delivery. I, do you go ground or air? It seems like yeah. air could get cold. Yeah, that seems risky. I don't know. Uh, well, he he was discovered during the final leg of his journey, but he did make the plane trip. So he did the plane. Yeah, he did. Wow. He did actually. Yeah, it's not just cold. There's no oxygen. So so well. Yeah. Then I guess you know. I guess those work together as you kind of go into hypothermia. Yeah, and you go to go into suspended animation. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll hope if if we were uh, had better reach, we could maybe uh, cause like a little uh, mini uh, uh, what would you call it epidemic of this? It'd be you know, but we don't have that kind of reach on our podcast. <laughs> suddenly, wow, we had a bunch of mailings. What happened? Yes, get a free get a free rule of three T shirt, right? <laughs> if you if you mail yourself, yeah, get a three, and tell us about it. Mail yourself to our next gig, and if you uh, if we open the package, you get a free Rule of Three T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, we need one of those just to, so we can encourage this kind of stuff. It's uh, however the most recent. The most recent was in August of 2012. So this is still going on a hundred, almost a hundred years still later. Still happening. Yeah, a man in uh, I'm going to botch this terribly. Chongqing. A city in southern China decided to ship himself to his girlfriend as a prank. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Did they? What happened? Uh, uh, well, apparently the prank almost turned deadly when the courier took three hours to deliver the package. Seng had minimal air in the box, and it was too thick to puncture a hole so that he could breathe. Oh man! No, the, so, the prank would have been awesome if he would have showed car- up dead at his girlfriend's in a box. <laughs> well, that's actually that's actually a Velvet Underground song. Oh, is it? Oh. There is actually a Velvet Underground song, yeah, about a guy that decides to mail himself to his girlfriend, and uh, the the girlfriend uh, uh, just grabs a kitchen knife to open the box and kills him. Yeah, 
Yep. Oh, man. I forget I forget the name of the song. Uh, uh, well, maybe I'll post that in the, yeah. on the Facebook page. I'll, I'll do a link to the song. And uh, that's it for this segment. back on the rule of three uh in the final segment we're going to talk about an open mic show that i did last night uh but first of all an, another open mic show that happened i believe this was was this last night or was it this is recent is it i don't know if it was, was last it, was night it, or the was night it this weekend i i'm i i am not sure i did not look that oh sunday night it sunday was a sunday night. night show at the comedy cellar in new york and uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Louis C.K. to the stage. And, uh, yeah. and and probably there was probably a moment of silence before everyone started clapping violently. Yeah. Or or probably thought it was a joke. He probably yeah. thought the MC was uh, was 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 making a joke. Do you think, or or were they kind of like, oh, maybe like uh, we, we well, were yeah, wondering they're, when they're, this was going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's probably a moment there. There was probably a moment mm-hmm. there of silence, going, "Okay, mm-hmm. is he, is he, is he kidding? Yeah, is he?" And then all of a sudden, you know, then Louis, Louis comes out and just, you know, probably just, "Oh my gosh, here we are. We, we are witnessing, we are witnessing the first show, it, first show he's done since uh, the, since the hiatus. Uh, actually, it was the second show since the po- is, the uh, first post harassment or whatever. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. His uh, his first show was actually in Leviton. He he went to uh, Governors. And did a set and bombed. Yeah, good to know. And, uh, good to know and, that uh, someone that good at it can still bomb. <laughs> I love and, that. That's great. And uh, and he said uh, he goes, "Dang, I can't go to I can't go to bed tonight." We no way. That yeah, show. no way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't live with that memory. So he's like, yeah. yeah. So he's like, well, the seller's got the seller's got a good crowd. Yeah. And uh, so he just uh, just uh, uh, took a. Uh, Took a trip out to the cellar, walked in, said, "Will you put me on?" The MC yeah. would, well, absolutely, of course." And yeah. uh, and the thing is, that is how uh, you write stand-up comedy. You you have to take new material repeatedly to mics, con- consecutive mics. Yeah, that's, that's how you work. That's the only way you can write stand-up comedy is with an audience. Period. Yeah, as it as it is mentioned later later in the the article, and I I've made this remark many times is that we are like musicians but our instrument is a club filled with people yeah Yeah. that is that is uh you know sometimes there's a few strings missing on that instrument yeah (laughs) sometimes you don't know what you're gonna get (laughs) which is what we'll talk about in the next segment yeah uh uh however that's it and and unless you have that instrument you don't get to play it and you don't get to practice on it and you Mm -hmm. don't if you want to write a new song you 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 need that instrument yeah that that is uh I've it told people crucial. that it's your writing partner. Really, it becomes your writing partner. Is you play off that thing? Yeah, I like yeah. the better idea of that's your instrument. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, there is. It, it becomes uh, doing it in front of a mirror. You, I can no. always crack myself up. Well, actually, no, I. <laughs> no, can't. I, I that would make I don't, me I don't very think sad. Any, I don't think yeah. anything I ever do is funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always well. Maybe people might find this funny. Yeah, and it's sad. It 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 subverts our natural 
responses in that way. Right when we're about to enjoy our own thing with like, oh, wait, I got to remember this. It just spoils it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there, was, there was a really interesting article. It was an interview with the owner, Noam Dwarman. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will. It's in the Hollywood Reporter. You can either Google it or I will post the link on uh, our Facebook page underneath this. Uh, he said that uh, uh, it was an interview with him. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to go through the article. I'm going to read this right now on <laughs> the fly. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. This is just the rehearsal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He said that uh, Louis arrived at the spur of the moment uh, uh, after he performed a disappointing set at the Long Island Club at Governors, which we already which we already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Reporter tried to talk to Governors; they didn't want to say anything about no. it. No, no one wants uh, to be a part of it as a business. They don't want to be seen as yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. And apparently, they, they they didn't know the comics that were on that night because I guarantee if Louis bombed. The comics would love to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, yeah, his first one he bombed on it. It's encouraging when someone you're like, okay, it's hard for him, too, because he makes it look so easy. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also, there is probably there is probably at least one comic that's well, of course, he's bombs. Does he think the public is ever going to accept him again as a comedian after they know who he really is? Yeah. Yeah, there is that. There's I don't. I don't know why you gave it that voice, but you are right. That is the voice of offense. That's yeah. what I just did. I, I the, voiced it. The, the snidey uh, kind of like, oh. That's, uh, yeah, that's my offended puppet. That's yeah. <laughs> the part I really liked in the articles when he said uh, we're in a place where when you go to a conversation, people – so many many people know that they have they have to say the right thing in any conversation. That opinions they voice have to be the right opinions before they go on. They accepted opinions, and that is scary because it means we're turning ourselves over to just the group think rather than right. criticizing right. the group think. And I, I think that's really which, which is which is how which is how evil is allowed to get a foothold every time. Yeah, it, it's I mean. How many how many people in North Korea don't think that uh, that their that their leader is really competent, but yeah. they can never they can oh. never say it out loud. I mean, it's yeah. they uh, everyone has to keep that locked inside their their, their yes. mind. Yes, and then the uh, game and, becomes that you play your whole life is who's best at locking it inside. It becomes a, a competition to not talking. Who's best at policing speech? Who's the best at regurgitating the the accepted truth? Yeah, who who can spin the best uh, apologetics for this crap that we now accept as true? I'm not saying that all uh, group think ideas are bad. Usually they're good, but they sh- they need to be under question and scrutiny constantly. Yeah. The I most compelling so. point of the article was for for me was he actually said that that nobody goes after the theaters that Bill Clinton speaks at. Yeah. Well, and- yeah, of course it's Clinton, but you're right. <laughs> It's a valid it's, uh, point. You, you, you know, you, you know, you, to to the other, you know, to the other point. Uh, nobody, nobody is not giving Bill Clinton five hundred thousand dollars a speech. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a half million dollars just to get up on stage. Yeah, uh, and nobody is saying, well, you know, he uh, and he did, according to Paula, Paula Jones, he did exactly what Louis C.K. Louis uh, not did. just Paula Jones. 
there's there's more than her that came r- forward r- r- on him. Right, yeah. right. But yeah. but but that one in particular, yeah. I mean, she came out publicly and said, yes, that's what he did. And yeah. the thing is, is that Bill Clinton didn't ask permission. Louis C.K. said, you know, do you mind if I uh, uh, and the, uh, and then the women would say, oh, Okay, and they thought think it was it, irony, it was, and they right, got they up in the it, hotel like, "Wait, that wasn't ironic." <laughs> Usually, he's ironic. Doesn't he work with irony? Wait, he was literal there. Oh, that was ironically literal. You know, they get all lost in there, and then yeah. in that place, Bill, Bill Clinton. Know. Yeah, Bill Clinton just just uh, just just no. pulled her out, and uh, so you know it. It's one thing that Bill Clinton is not is not shamed publicly for doing that. Bill Clinton is allowed to speak. Bill Clinton. Yeah. There was never a moment where they said, "Well, no, you have to go on a nine month hiatus before you ever speak again, or, or, or allowed to uh, practice your instrument." Yeah. Well, it's Bill, and I'm, I'm referring a bunch to something of them, else. There's a bunch of people that. So what they're trying to do is saying, from this moment forward, that won't happen. You know what I mean? If you go retroactively, well, my word, the list. Yeah. Of people, of men in power that should never be allowed to talk. So from this moment forward, what shall be the the punishment be? Yeah, for for churning butter. And, I don't. Uh... And that's what the club owner uh, Dorman points out is that I want to know a standard, and there isn't one. There's no, and and it's going to be really hard to find a standard that's rational and reasonable if the people yelling the loudest. Uh, expect you to voice the correct opinion going into the conversation. In other words, if I disagree with you on any part of this, well, then I'm supporting sexual harassment and I'm a predator and all that. I think he makes a valid point. How are we supposed to pound out a good uh, solution, <laughs> so, to so to speak? Oops. <laughs> See, already I'm in trouble. Already. <laughs> I, uh, How are we supposed I, I, to... <laughs> I have to say I do not want a, I do not want a standard. I do not. I, I do not want such a code imposed, and I know that there is a movement to, to impose the code on comedy club stages. You already and, and said something been, wrong, Tim. I can't listen to you. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's been my contention that the, that the comedy club stage is the last ten square feet of real estate in America where there is no political correctness, and the correctniks want that. Yeah. They, 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 it drives them nuts that there is a place where you can stand and you can pretty much say anything you want, and they yeah. don't want that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of they don't want that. And that goes to the other side, too. I mean, I do shows on cruise ships. I don't know how many times I get. In fact, this was just last week. Someone said, now, you don't swear during your show. Are you a clean comic? I said, you know what? I <laughs> Sometimes, because I announced selling a DVD that, that is kind of adultish. I say that. And I say, uh-huh. you know, we recommended people because you're clean. And she was visibly disappointed in me because I have sworn on stage and other things. You know, I swear. And uh, so there is a, a movement on the right, too. There's a big clean comedy movement that seems to be happening. Like, don't swear. And then I get judged and discarded, you know, for swearing. And we also have to discard uh, this episode. Oh, I blew it. I talked too much about it. And on the final segment of the Rule of Three, uh, we 
talked in the previous segment about Louis C.K. doing it, showing up at an open mic. Yeah. I uh, I showed up at an open mic last night. <laughs> awesome. <It's>, uh, <laughs> well, I, I do I do it a lot. It, it, it's it's for me. It, it's I noticed comics my age from my generation do making a lot of references that uh, that audiences yeah. scratch their head at. Yeah, you know if 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 you do jokes about milk cartons or or, or uh, oh. say say don't bring home our matches. You know if you're drinking and driving, don't bring home our matches. I'm sorry, you are you are talking about stuff that the generation in the comedy not a clubs clue. Yeah, do not yeah. have a. Clue I don't about. know what you're talking about with the bring home the matches. Actually, <laughs> I have no well, idea. Right. That that's might right. be because you, I grew up Mormon, or it might. I don't know. <laughs> why would you? Why would you give camping supplies away? <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> at a restaurant. I get it? What are they talking about? I, that's Mormon background. I like to think it's my age, but I'm sure it's my Mormon background. That but no. Yeah, yeah it's. it's it's pretty much your Mormon. Okay. Uh, the so so I I hang out I hang out at the open mics. I yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoy hanging out with uh, young people or Me people too. just starting out because they're not all young. Uh, people j- that still get joy of perf- the performance just just out of performing. That's it, it just, I do I think, too. I find it it's wonderful. I really enjoy watching young. Well, if they're good, yeah. <laughs> An occasional train wreck I can put up with, but young, talented comics that really love doing it, it's really mm-hmm. fun to watch them and remember what it was like. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to name the comic that produced, uh, that produced this show, or I'm not going to name the venue, uh, because uh, I don't think that way I don't have to be kind about it. <laughs> oh, excellent. Here we go. But. That, that means I'm going to spend 30 minutes uh, getting the info out of you after. This. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh my! All right. Oh my! Well, well, the thing is, the thing is, and, and the reason why I did it, it was the first. It was the first uh, open mic. The comic uh, said that he w- it was requested, and this is funny that you just mentioned this towards the end, is that he, the owner wanted to do a clean open mic. Hmm. So, no so swearing. he has put, okay, he has put a well, well. No, but it's no. Beyond that, is that uh, he wants he wants it PG thirteen. Is that and yeah. and the reason is, of course, a family came in with kids. It was uh, it was their their father or, or their mother's birthday, and uh, they came in with their two little girls, and they came in to have ice cream right there. It's uh, uh you know, it's a downtown so, area. It's like it's like in a downtown area that a lot of people can walk to. A lot of so people live around there. So it's, they uh, call, like it's a family restaurant. But, yeah, but but what I'm saying is, okay, what my question is, is this every week or just this one instance he knew he was going to have a family and a, for a birthday with kids in there? Is that what happened? Or No, no. This is what he wants. He wants that they're going to do it the last Tuesday of every month, and that's what the owner wants. The just owner clean. wants PG-13, okay. PG wants a PG thirteen comedy show. In, in some of these open mic nights, I have to say, uh, there's there's two reasons going on. Number one is a lot of these kids are green. A lot yeah, of these comics yeah. are green, so they they're, they're just looking for the laugh in any fashion they can get it. Number two, most of these open mics now they're all just comics. Yeah, that's a problem. It, it, yeah. It's so so if you're gonna have to crack up comics, you you really have to. You really you know yeah. You, yeah. You 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 don't you're not just pushing the envelope. No, yeah, you're right. You're you're, you're, you're in the child size mailing package. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I have a very gross analogy I use 
for the and actually it's not right. Let's just say you're right. It has to be really dark. Comics get jaded with the material. Uh-huh. I would say I have no problem with someone doing a PG-13 comedy night. I I do that on the ships all the time. Uh, right. Clean and that's fine with me. But that is the wrong place. Open mics about testing and expanding and finding the material. That's a horrible idea to have. Yeah, a, I thought a it was. I thought it, I thought it was interesting, and I thought it was a nice. I thought it was a nice change. I thought it would be it would be really nice to actually sit through an open mic where it wasn't you know it wasn't all that way over the edge. Yeah, stuff. that's that. You're right. That's a nice. That sounds nice in theory, but it's just that when you're writing material at open mic, you go over. You do sure. sputter and go over the line, and then yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. No, un- understood. Understood. Yeah. I, I understood. Stand your objections. Yeah. Uh, so 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 I arrive at the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I find a comfortable place in the back. And uh, what I'm watching, it, it looks more like an assault than a comedy show. <laughs> it, it, it's because oh. here are these people. They came out for a burger and a beer, yeah. and uh, they're sitting down. And all of a sudden, somebody sets up in the room with a microphone and starts yelling at <laughs> and them. And they're looking like, what, "What are they doing with this equipment? What's going on?" I've been in that situation. I've been in the back signing up to to do that. When you and then you're watching. This doesn't seem right. <laughs> and the, the TVs, the TVs are still on. There's football on this TV. There's a NASCAR on this one. Uh. There's 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 baseball over on this one. Everyone, yeah. you know, some of the people are just there to look at the big TVs, and 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 yet there's this guy in the corner talking about stuff. Yeah, and it's... and it just it did it, it never work. It was it was it was loud. It was noisy, and the only people that were paying attention were the five or six comics scattered throughout the room. Yeah, that's horrible. They, they were paying attention <laughs> and they were applauding on cue, but they weren't even laughing. So it was so it, it never really got to build as a comedy show. No. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so did about, you try about, material out? Uh, about yeah, I did. I actually I actually did. It was a bad choice on my part. I had, I had planned that I was going to do this 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 piece that I've been working on. And so I didn't want to stray from it. I yeah. probably should have. I probably should have done the the regular material. I, uh, I I went on stage, and I quieted the room. Good work. It's uh, yeah, yeah. That's what it, it, it's. Uh, it was it was a little it was a little uh, aggressive. I uh, I essentially chased a table out. You chased because him? it was yeah. I chased him out. There were there were there was this there were there there was this uh, Asian kid, and he was just talking, just just you know, arms going, just talking the entire time. And it was he was with a with a couple that were facing away from the stage, listening uh, to him. Yeah, and he never and he never stopped. He never gave them any opportunity. It was just him talking the whole time through the show. Uh, so so I, uh, I I pointed it out, and it's you know when I tell you that there was an Asian kid that wouldn't stop talking. Uh, <laughs> It doesn't sound that bad, but when I'm on stage going, hey, Asian kid, cool it. <laughs> it sounds like Tom Rickles. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> see, now I so would I... like to see that. That's... <laughs> oh, the other comics told me afterwards, they said that was the funniest part of the show, man. <laughs> and that's always a problem. When that's the funniest thing that happened. <laughs> So so after that, I finally get the room. I finally get the room focused. I finally get all the all the talking quieted. Even I even even got some people to stop watching the game, and I get the light. 
Oh, man. <laughs> like, you're kidding me. You got you're it. kidding me. I, six minutes, six minutes to quiet the room, and then you're giving me the light. Done. It's like, no, no, I'm doing my new piece. And uh, at, the, at that point, it was the, the the piece was too harsh. It was too it's too yeah. aggressive of a piece after I had already well, been aggressive. A, yeah, it doesn't. You said Jerry Seinfeld said, I think I, I might be misquoting. Comedy ninety percent of stand up comedy is is the environment, the setting, the venue. Yeah, ninety percent of it, and I really believe it is the right sound, the right lighting, and then people that are actually expecting. <laughs> To come to a show, you know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the big one. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. that's the, these open the open mic scene in Chicago. It, it, it is there are so many comics and mm. so few stages that that every every one of them says, "Well, I'll just I'll just I'll just start my own show." Yeah, and, and this is a lot of these open mics that, that lately for the past several years that they are they're they're, they're just guerrilla shows. They're they're, they're yeah. almost. I remember, uh, I guess Robin Williams used to do this, and another comic told me he tried it once, and it always just seems so risky, is that they would do street comedy. Yeah, Williams could do it. He's phenomenal yeah, energy yeah, William, and engagement. W- w- yeah. Williams can do it. Uh, a magician can do it. A juggler can do it. Uh, yeah. I could never see. I could never see standing up. You know, my act is, no. is going it, <laughs> <laughs> to... Hey, gonna, Asian it, kid. <laughs> you put down your sandwich and listen to me. Could you stop looking at the train schedule? Come over here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but that's it's it's honestly the 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 only thing the only difference between the street comedy and what's going on now in the open mic scene is that it's in a bar. Yeah, it's just uh, it uh, keeps people from getting away. It's all. It's like a yeah, they're imprisoned. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, it's yeah, too late. We already yeah, ordered our food. I got my drink Louis, here. It's Louis C.K. It's Louis C.K. Open mic. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Door. We're doing it. We are doing this in front of the door so that <laughs> <laughs> no so. one can leave. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It and is. on that and on that note, uh, uh, that's uh, that's all for this show today. Uh, if you will, if you if you like the show, hey, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, uh, give us a, give us a review. Give us some stars. Like us on Facebook. Rule of Three Podcast. That's numeral three. Uh, and also, if you want more information about me, uh, timslegel.com. Or if you want to know about bands, go to bentwashburn.com. It's B-E-N-G-T. BentWashburn.com And uh, other than that, we'll see you next week.